How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, by my count, we've devoted at least four or five shows over the last few years to the difficult issue of transgender athletes and how complicated this topic is when it comes to finding a, a fair and reasonable solution for all involved. Now, look, I, I know that some sports shows are just beginning to, to either discover this issue or perhaps they aren't aware that this has been a concern for some time. But regardless, taking a, a larger perspective, taking a step back, I, I do think it's safe to say that this controversy is not going to go away soon. And as such, as I, I mentioned in my, my tweets this week, the, the leaders of high school and of collegiate sports are really going to have to sit down and try and come up with some new solutions, solutions that are fair to all the athletes. Now, of course, the latest headline in this ongoing controversy is the case of senior swimmer at the University of Pennsylvania, Leah Thomas, who over the last, uh, last few weeks has set all sorts of records in her swim meets. She's been so good and so dominant that if she continues with her accomplishments in the pool, she's on her way to becoming named as an All-American in NCAA swimming. The debate, of course, focused on the fact that as recently as just two years ago, Leah Thomas, then a male, was on the men's team at Penn and competing as a male. And by all accounts, he was a pretty good swimmer. And under a long-standing NCAA rule, she followed the medical rules and the policy about changing one's gender, and in order to compete, she had to sit out a full year while she underwent a, a systemic routine uh, of, of, of drugs that suppressed her body from generating testosterone, while, of course, undergoing sex change surgery. But once, once she had completed all these requirements, Leah Thomas was then cleared to compete as a woman in NCAA swim meets. Now, detractors have claimed that the NCAA policy is both either outdated or short-sighted, that because Thomas had really already matured through the, the key developmental years as a teenager, that Thomas's body uh, fully benefited 
from all the traditional male growth effects. That is, he's big, he's strong, has built up strong muscles to support his male athletic body. He's now, I believe, 22 or 23 years old. Critics point out that just because he has transitioned to being a woman in college does not necessarily negate his physical size and muscle strength. And as such, he has now become a real force in women's swimming. Okay, that's the basis of this current debate. And just to remind you of the other transgender cases we've covered in depth on the Sports Edge, let's not forget the ongoing debate where some states said that high school athletes can compete in sports depending on which gender they currently identify with. Other states in the country insist that high school athletes can only compete according to the gender they were born with. Uh, that meant, meant, for example, that a high school wrestler who was born female but then transitioned to being a boy was forced to compete against girls in Texas high school wrestling matches. Mac Beggs, that's the boy's name, won the Texas State Girls Championship two years in a row competing as a boy. On the other side, two male high school track stars recently in Connecticut decided that they wanted to transition to becoming girls. While they hadn't started any surgery to transition to becoming female, they were allowed to run in high school state meets because they identified with being female. And quite frankly, they dominated in their, in their track events. This was met with a federal lawsuit by a few natural-born females who had to compete against these individuals, these two boys who were transitioning to girls. The, uh, the natural-born females felt this wasn't fair, that it was a violation of Title IX. Well, that case was actually came to court and was dismissed by a judge because the judge ruled that the girls, that all the girls involved in the case had all graduated from school and there was no longer any real concern. Well, that's sort of like dodging the issue, to be sure. And in New Jersey, a few months ago, a bill is being, was introduced and is being considered that would ban transgender athletes from competing in high school sports. In fact, more than 30 states have either passed or are considering such laws. Now, again, that's at the high school level. Today's topic is talking about college. Okay, a quick history lesson. For those of you, you know, old enough will remember this quite well. Some of you who are younger listeners may not, but it's worth just going back to get a sense of whatever the precedents are when it comes to transgender athletes. Back in the mid-1970s, a top tennis player who graduated from Horace Mann High School here in New York City and from Yale named Richard Raskin. In fact, he was the captain of the Yale tennis team and considered a top national player. Well, he decided to transition from being a man to a woman when he was in his 30s. Raskin became known as Renee Richards, and at six foot one and being left-handed, she was also one of the elite female tennis players. But under the rules of the day, she was not allowed to compete in the, the U.S. Open. So Dr. Richards, as she, in the interim, after graduating from Yale, she graduated from medical school. Anyway, she sued. And she ultimately won the right to compete in major pro tennis tournaments. Now, critics at that time argued that Richards had the advantage of having gone through her adolescence as a male, very similar to what, what people are saying now about Leah Thomas, the swimmer at Penn. And, you know, uh, Renee Richards, uh, or Richard Raskin, had grown to be more than six feet tall, had the muscular core strength, 
that males have throughout, through adolescence, and so on, which gave her a substantial advantage over natural-born females. And truth is, Renee Richards did have some success uh, when she was allowed to play on the pro tennis circuit. But she has also been quoted in recent years that looking back, if she had transitioned when she was in her early 20s, she feels she would have dominated on the women's pro tennis circuit. Okay, so now we have Leah Thomas out of Penn, where there are a lot of parallels, and there's a, really a difference to what Renee Richards had gone through. So what do we do? I mean, I, I've given this a lot of thought, and I'm sure you have as well. And by the way, friends, I am eager to get your thoughts, comments, and proposed compromises or solutions at 877-337-6666. I, I want to know what you think we should do here. I mean, are we at a point now where we have to sort of figure out what the next step is? I mean, I, I do have a, a possible compromise, which I'll share with you shortly. It's not a perfect solution. It's a compromise. And with all compromises, it's not going to make everybody happy. But again, I, I think we have to come to grips with the reality that transgender athletes, uh, they're not going away. Uh, maybe 25, 30 years ago, these were, these were a rarity. But nowadays, they become, I don't want to say commonplace, because according to the stats I've seen, less than, less than 1% of the American population identifies as being transgender. But that's still a lot of people. But the point is, this issue of transgender athletes is not going to go away. And I'm curious to get your thoughts as well. 877-337-6666. Uh, again, it may have been a rare occurrence to encounter a transgender athlete 25 or 30 years ago, but now it's, it clearly seems to become much more mainstream as athletes begin to uh, consider whether they want to uh, basically transition to the other gender. Uh, this is curious stuff. It's, it's sensitive stuff. Uh, I urge you uh, when you're calls this morning to be, to be sensitive to the fact that this is a, a life-changing uh, event for these, these young athletes. Clearly, they give a lot of thought. Uh, their concerns obviously uh, go beyond just playing sports, but clearly it has an impact if they are serious athletes and they want to continue to compete either at the high school or in this case at the collegiate level. And there have been other cases about transgender athletes at the collegiate level. Uh, we'll talk about that as well. But again, this is something that uh, I want to discuss with you this morning and give you my thoughts as to what perhaps we have to do. You may think it's a bad idea. You may think it's wrong. You may think it's not equitable. But again, we have to do, at least in my opinion, to do what we can to recognize all the athletes and to figure out a way to make this, uh, make this work. Okay, let me take a time out. When I come back, I'll go right to your calls. Stay with me. We're debating this morning what to do, if anything, about the transgender swimmer at the University of Pennsylvania named Leah Thomas, and whether it's fair to all her competitors, because as a woman, she's become a record-breaking force in the pool. And we're looking for a solution or a way to make her presence equitable to all concerned. You know, in researching the show this morning, I remember a few years ago, there was a situation in Massachusetts where boys, high school boys, were allowed to compete on the girls' swim teams in the fall because there were no boys' swim teams during that time of the year. 
as you might might remember, it was most curious when a few of the the swimmers, the male swimmers, began to set uh, state swim records and were named champions when they were swimming against girls. It was also in Massachusetts where boys uh, are allowed to compete and play on traditionally all girls field hockey teams because there are no field hockey squads for boys. Under Title IX, the boys were allowed to play on the girls' teams. But again, in both those situations, whether it's field hockey or the swimming, there was no uh, transitioning from one gender to another. And then about uh, several years ago, there was a highly recruited uh, female swimmer who attended Harvard who decided to transition to a male while uh, in college. Um, She went through the year of medical and surgical treatment, and when he came out for the, the men's team a year later, well, he made the team, but he wasn't much of a competitive factor as he had been on the Harvard women's team. All right, so this is getting complicated. Here's what I will at least suggest put on the table, and we can debate this as you see fit. Um, I think either you put an asterisk to any competitor who happens to be transgender and let them compete according to their, their, their sex, their gender, or you actually add a, a unique or new special category for transgender athletes. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're basically you're still acknowledging their success if, it's, if they're a swimmer or some other sport, but you have to be fair and equitable to all the other competitors who uh, are not transgender who still want to compete uh, against this, uh, this individual. Uh, I, I think it's only fair to acknowledge the, the, uh, the success of the other athletes uh, who are natural born according to their gender. Um, or do, do you let you know, transgenders uh, compete in their own category? Uh, just like uh, we have a Special Olympics or we have Paralympics. Uh, I guess you could do that if there are enough transgender athletes uh, to make for a suitable uh, field of competitors. Um, I, I, I just, I don't know if this is the way to go, but I do know this, that we're going to have continue to have these, these situations crop up. Um, again, uh, there was that lawsuit in Connecticut, uh, which the judge basically said, well, uh, let's just uh, pass on this. Maybe we'll revisit this issue of transgender uh, athletes down the road. But again, and we have each state now debating this, what they should do. As I said, m- many states uh, in, the, in the nation are saying, no, 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 high school athletes have to compete according to the sex uh, they were assigned when they were born. This is getting complicated. Um, And I will tell you, I was, again, doing my research. I found a column in Swimming World magazine, and uh, I'm quoting here, uh, quote, many sports governing bodies, including USA Swimming, have struggled to determine how best to allow trans males the opportunity to compete. And while USA Swimming has made a conscious and much-needed effort to prioritize inclusion in recent years, Trans female participation remains a controversial issue with many strong opinions on all sides and little consensus about what is justified. And it goes on to write, uh, and I'm quoting again, it's worth noting that that Thomas, from her time on the men's team, was a six-time finalist at the Ivy League Championships, uh, including three runner-up performances at the 2019 meet. In other words, uh, when Thomas was a male and competing, he was pretty good. Uh, Now that he's a female, he's dominant. 
All right, let's, let's talk about this because I'm looking for ideas, solutions. I don't know if my solution or compromise is the way to go or not. I'm curious. You have some thoughts as well. Uh, and we'll take your calls, of course, at 877-337-6666. Let's start this morning with, uh, with Dr. Rob Freed. Uh, Rob, good morning. This is a complicated subject, to be sure. Yes, what are your it thoughts? is, Rick. And, and I was really, I didn't know how to call in on this, but me and Jack were talking about it, and I heard it on the morning show they were talking about this uh, uh, this topic, and and I'll go right into it. You know, first I do remember. I'm old enough to remember Renee Richards uh, in tennis, going way back, and um, a different kind of an athlete. She wasn't as a top top uh, tennis player, but but was you know a, pr- a good when she be transitioned over was a, was a pretty good uh, female tennis player. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do remember her. And this is why we need a commissioner, at, at least in state by state, uh, where you've been you know going after all along. My thoughts are as follows, okay, number one, and to be realistic about it, you're born, this is a genetic thing internally. Someone doesn't decide to do this uh, to, because they want to compete at a certain level. I mean, if they do, then uh, I don't know even how to discuss that part. But if someone is born in the wrong body, they believe they're really one sex, but they come out that other way uh, at birth, there's, this is something they have to internally live with till they come to terms and grips with it, and they they make the change. If in fact they do make the change, okay, mm-hmm. um, there's still my people people out there that that are are in denial, or they don't really know, and they just make the change when they feel, or they don't make the change. But we're talking about this these cases where people do make the change. Um, my feeling is as follows: it is what it is, and and if you know if they if they feel they're born a certain way, that 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 that's fine and dandy. But when it comes to sports and, and, and this type of uh, issues we're talking about here, transition till the athlete, number one, you, can, you, you can't have like it both ways. If you're going to compete at one, one gender, you have to have made the full transition like, like Thomas has, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, I, I wasn't aware that, that she was a top male swimmer uh, in an Ivy League situation at, at a Division One college, but now completely dominant at the high school level it's a little different um because a lot of times these 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 people have not made the full transition so here's my point they should not be allowed to participate in the sex they want to participate in till they've made the full transition and you you brought that out uh, i think in in your monologue that's right right off the bat if if you think you're one way you you can't you can't participate in the way you want to participate uh till it's completely done second of all on this particular situation i feel bad these are individual sports and it's more common rick obviously where the problems are going to arise when it's the uh the the uh, male that transitions to the uh, female side because they are born stronger. They still have the testosterone in them because they, that's what they have. Even though they're taking female hormones to shut them down, the, the muscle types are still there. The, the size, this woman is, this woman's a very tall woman. Yep. And in the sport of swimming, you know, it, it could be an inch that can win a title and, and, and someone could lose out. Because of that, so I think the problem here is, is, is it really fair? And, uh, and what I'm saying is I do think it's fair once the athlete has made the full transition. And it's a shame because, and I could see where the other athletes might feel, oh, I'm getting cheated out of a spot 
maybe to make the Olympics. Now, these are individual sports. I don't know how it would happen or what the consequences or whatever would be on a team sport, but individual sports, this is really what we're talking about well, here. Let me, let me, before we get to the discussion about team sports, let's talk about the individual, because that's, that's what's happening here primarily. Right. You make a very basic point, and, and uh, you know, I think this is something that we all have to accept, uh, and that is that uh, the way the human species uh, is, is basically designed and put together, the male and obviously this, I'm using generalizations here, but the male is usually bigger, stronger, uh, and, and, and faster, if you will, than the female. And as you go through your, your adolescent years, when you go through your growth spurt as a male, that's where you're going to put on the, the extra inches of height and of strength, as you mentioned, and so on and so forth. So when you get to be in your, your 20s and, and you transition, like Leah Thomas did or Renee Richards did, uh, you know, you still have that basic DNA structure you went through when you were a male. Um, okay, now, you are on the other side of the coin. You're now a female, and you've worked your tail off, let's say, as a swimmer uh, to, to get to the point where you are so good you are going to compete uh, at the Division One level in the Ivy League, and, and, and you, are, you think you have a shot of perhaps becoming, you know, an Ivy League champion or, you know, doing really, really well uh, as a swimmer. And, you know, now all of a sudden you, you look uh, over in the pool and you're looking at, at this Leah Thomas, who, who obviously was up until a couple of years ago a male, and you have to compete against her, even though she's clearly physically stronger and bigger than perhaps you are. At the end of the race, if you lose to her, you know, Leah Thomas has a faster time, uh, and Leah Thomas has gone through all the protocol with the NCAA, and NCAA has said, yes, you're good to go to compete. Is that fair to that, that, that girl, that woman, who um, had to compete against them? And that's, that's the problem. How do we figure out a way to say, okay, how do we, how do we distinguish this? Now, now, Rob, let me ask you this, because I know you, you have a long, distinguished uh, history as a runner. Uh, in the world of, of, of running, uh, what happens with transgender athletes and, and running? Well, I, you know, I, I was just going to touch on that. The New York Road Runners, okay, and I compete, I run for Central Park Track Club, so I'm always in the city, and, and it's an elite track club. And, and basically, um, what they have in the city, road runner races, they've just, I think it's this year, they developed a new category for awards because we compete in for awards in the different age groups and mm-hmm. and, and it's, they mean a lot to us and and they actually have developed a special category now for this particular type of uh, topic we're talking about where where the person's either in tr- in transition or they don't or they don't identify either as a female or a male. Now it's a very, very rigid. You mentioned one, less than one percent of the population is this, okay? Yes. Uh, or this is what the issue is with the ch- with the changing of the sex. But it's a very, very small. I look at some of the races. There's maybe ten, ten competitors in this in this category out of maybe eight, nine, ten thousand runners in, in a typical New York Road Runners race. So I don't know if that's really going to be feasible on this level, but I think what we have to do is, it's got to be uniform, and, and I'll just leave it with this. My thought is, till the, the athlete has completely transitioned, then it would totally be unfair um, to the other athletes if they're going to be 
competing against them. But at that point, if they're fully transitioned, so it is what it is. So, so from your perspective, let me. I don't want to, you know, say, you know, put words in your mouth. As far as you're concerned, Leah Thomas, she's done all the protocols. She followed all the policies. Uh, uh, yes, she she it, is. It might not be fair for the athletes who were born a certain way, because only because of the of the built-in bone structure that she will yeah, always yeah. have for the rest of her life yep. and the muscles are been been they've been built all these years being having the testosterone in them. you don't you don't it just doesn't turn to fat overnight i mean no i it, i mean yeah i mean look she's a great athlete is that that we're no, that, agree that's upon where that. it's interesting because i wasn't aware how talented this, it's, this is not a walk-on who said, oh, you know, I'm going to now, you know, try to make it on the female, you know, because Division One, it's, but it's not a scholarship t- a school. So they, they, they're, you know, there's academic, uh, these, these Ivy Leagues. Yeah, and, but she's... And, 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 but walk-ons, if she didn't just walk on and say, now I'm a, now I'm a female and I'm going to compete... I mean, I'm, I'm a male now. I'm, yeah, I mean, sorry, I apologize. Yeah, but again, I mean, I go back to the case uh, uh, staying within the Ivy League. A few years ago, there was a top female swimmer, highly recruited, named Skylar Baylor, uh, who went to Harvard and competed on, on the women's swim team her first year and did very well. And then she decided to transition and became a male. And then she made the men's team a couple of years later, but she wasn't anywhere as close uh, to having the kind of success as a, as a male swimmer as she had as a female. So we these are the facts. Here's my question to you. And, and again, not to put you on the spot, but do we do have, like you said, with the with the with the uh, roadrunners, do we have a, a separate category for these individuals to compete in, even though there's very few of them? Do we do a, a you know, for lack of a better term, an asterisk next to their name when they when they we see their their numbers uh, on the uh, on, on the uh, the swim meet? Uh, do we do that? Do we have a? I mean, how do, what do we do? Joe, just you know, just Rick, say, I, 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 look to make a separate category. I'm talking about roadrunner races. You're talking that there are ten thousand runners in a race. Let's say, I'm, you know, yeah, in New York yeah, City Marathon, fifty, sixty thousand. So you really, and there's still such a small number. So I don't really. This woman or this young, or you know, yeah, maybe the case is that because there are so few of these individuals still that um, we just uh, the fact that people are going to know about about Leah Thomas and know of the controversy. Yeah, so Leah Thomas wins. Uh, you know, she won this race. She won this, uh, you know, 500-meter freestyle. She wins, but the fact is her her presence is going to transcend any concern to have to put in her in a special category or an asterisk because the people in swim know that, yeah, that, that she transitioned to being a female after a pretty good career as a male. So maybe you just let it go with that. Like like Renee Richards to this day is still known, uh, you know, for her tennis exploits, uh, and she did very well. On the, on the on the pro women's circuit, but again, she didn't really get into to doing that until I guess her late thirties, early forties. But again, she she's still known to this day for what as being a pioneer when it comes to transgender. Rob, let me let me. Um, you got it, Rick. Always th- always the fascinating show with you. I'll yeah, it's you some. interesting stuff to be sure. Th- thank you very much. Let's go uh, to our next call. Let's go over to Ralph in Manhattan. Hey, Ralph. Good morning. You're you're on the fan. You know, the asterisk that you speak about, Rick, may yeah. indeed be the remedy because you're talking about a lot of toes being stepped on on uh, both sides of the issue. And if you do that, you make a distinction between categories that cannot be disputed by anybody. I think that's very relevant to what we're talking about right now because, you know, there are rumblings behind the scenes, uh, teammates and such, they're 
really they, they're uh, not really uh, on on board with this whole thing, as they say in public. If they were interviewing these young athletes that are teammates of the swimmer and so on and so forth, they'll say one thing, but behind the scenes, Rick, sometimes they say something far different. And I think that many people feel that if they actually give their true feelings, they're going to pay for it in the long run. Well, so that's, you have to, yeah, Ralph, yeah. that's a real good point. Uh, you know, that there, I, I, Spend a, a decent amount of time looking for reactions from from you know teammates, and there's not much out there. And obviously, as you said, most of uh, Leah's teammates are are going to be quiet about this because they know it's a very sensitive, and, and in most cases, they're supportive certainly of of making sure that that she's happy. Uh, but you know, as I said before, and this gets sort of down to the uh, sort of the quick of it, and that is, if you've worked hard all your life to become a a, a swimmer, and you you're female. Uh, and you were born that way, you might feel a little differently about having to find yourself uh, competing against somebody who just a couple of years ago was a very successful male swimmer. And, and, and that's, and you, that's hard. Yeah, that's you, why that, you that's why those, be, go ahead. Right. And you being, you may be well justified. I'm just putting myself without any prejudice. I'm trying to put myself in that situation. And you know, that testosterone isn't the end all be all. It's about structure. It's about you know, this development by Lee, Leah Tom, Thomas, you know, you can't deny that. Uh, she, she was fully developed when she made that transition. And, you know, that's there's something to be said about that, whether you do it earlier or later on. That's, that's also another factor. But here's the thing. If you steer away from the antiquated aspect and it doesn't become political and you, really, you look at the, the bare bones of the matter, so to speak, you really can make a real decision on each and every individual, not judging with that broad brush. You kind of got to make that distinction uh, as to whom you're dealing with in that particular time. Leah Thomas may may be justified and be able to, to swim where she's swimming right now, where another athlete may uh, not be so much. And you have to be able to choose, pick and choose between the two, I think. Yeah, it is complicated, and uh, right now, and again, there's a distinction to be drawn between what's happening at the high school level, uh, and I mentioned earlier that uh, a number of states uh, in the nation are now trying to line up behind this, and I don't want to get involved in the politics of this, because unfortunately it gets involved into to, to, you know, pol- political uh, positions, but uh, for the most part, most of the states are now lining up to say, well, you, you have to compete at the high school level in sports with the sex you were assigned when you were born. Um, uh, this, I think, is a retaliation to what happened in Connecticut, where a couple of boys in high school uh, who had not started uh, any uh, gender transition decided to compete uh, in track and field uh, and basically dominated because they were very good as, as males. Uh, but basically, um, Connecticut allowed them to do that. And then some girls who felt cheated out of not being a chance to win uh, gold or silver medals against these boys and track mates in Connecticut, they sued. And as I mentioned earlier, got to federal court and the judge sort of said, uh, since everybody's graduated, uh, this whole situation is now uh, moot. I don't want to get involved in giving a case. We'll decide down the road if this happens again. Uh, you know, that's why the states are now saying, no, no, you have to compete according to the sex you were, you were born with. It's complicated stuff. The college level, the NCAA has this 10-year-old rule about how you have to go through it. Ralph, I, I don't know how this is going to work out, but 
you can see that this could happen in other sports as well. Uh, you know, it could, as, uh, as Rob Frieda mentioned, it might happen in team sports too. Uh, but I could see this happening certainly in, in golf. Um, we mentioned, of course, tennis with Renee Richards. Uh, it can happen in almost any sport uh, where, where basically the male uh, has, if they transition after they're fully developed, is going to have sort of an inherent advantage over the females just because of how they've grown and, and of uh, their, their bone structure and the size and testosterone. Anyhow, well, well, very, very, very few issues make people angrier than this one. Yeah, and, you, and you know, and the thing is, these antiquated views of this topic, where you know that that's what you have to watch out for. You know, this is a real issue. I mean, it's a very small percentage of of folks that are actually transitioning, but nevertheless, it's maybe it's more prominent than ever before, and therefore we got to deal with it. And people don't know how to deal with it. I think you, I, I can guarantee you're not getting as many calls today as you would usually get because this is a very touchy issue. Well, I, I think that's part of it, and um, it is a, it is a controversial issue, and I don't I don't think it's going to go away. I think we're going to see more and more uh, transgender athletes uh, in the years to come, and at some point, this is going to be have to be uh, grappled with. Simple as that. Ralph, let me take a break. Thanks again for your call. Appreciate your comments. Uh, we're talking this morning about the situation about the, this uh, swimmer at the University of Pennsylvania who was really, really good as a male swimmer uh, in college, then decided to, to transition to female, and now he's become, or she's become dominant uh, in Ivy League meets and is en route to becoming perhaps an All-American. question is, do we put her in a sexual category for transgenders? Is that the fair and equitable thing to not only her, but all the other women she's competing against? Uh, do we put her in a special category, like Paralympics, something like that? I'm curious to get your thoughts and comments, or we just let it go. Do we just let it go because there's so few of these so far that we just have to just, you know, understand that this sometimes happens. 877-337-6666. We'll take a break for some commercial messages. When I come back, we'll go right back to your calls. Stay with me. Just a quick reminder, friends, of course, you can always contact me uh, at askcoachwolf.com. Lots of resources on my website as well, and uh, you can always hear uh, the podcast of the show if you if you happen to miss one, uh, and you can follow me uh, on Twitter at uh, hashtag AskCoachWolf. We're talking right now this morning about this very perplexing case of the swimmer at the University of Pennsylvania, Leah Thomas. Uh, who has become a dominant uh, swimmer in her meets. Uh, a couple of years ago, she was a male at Penn on the men's team, did very, very well on the men's team as well. But now after going through a year of uh, surgery and, and medical treatment, uh, she has been cleared uh, and completed all the protocols, all the requirements that the NCAA has when it comes to transitioning athletes. And she's been, uh, you know, making her, her presence known as a female swimmer. The question we're presented today, this morning, is do we make a special category, you know, for transgender athletes? Uh, is that too harsh? Do we do a, a special, an asterisk for these athletes? Now, remember, Title IX... And I've been quoted many, many times on the show saying this. I'm sure you feel the same way. Title IX was a breakthrough back in 1972 to guarantee equitable conditions uh, and have a fair level playing field for, for boys and girls, men and women when it came to sports. So we all accept Title IX. It's great. It's terrific. 
But now we have a situation, I don't know if people who put up Title IX ever thought maybe there should be a special uh, clause or, or a special stipulation for transgender athletes. But now this is what we're dealing with here. Do we just let uh, this happen uh, and let it go as it is and assume that people know that, that if you are going to transgender, become a transgender athlete in college, as long as you follow the rules that the NCAA has, then that's fine. That's the way it goes. No need for any special category. No need for an asterisk. Just let it go. It's as simple as that. And the question is, that I posed this morning, is is that fair? Is that the way it should be? Um, again, it, as we've heard some morning from the, the callers, very, very complicated, very complex, very emotional issue. And I'm, I'm taking your calls at 877-337-6666. Uh, I'm curious to hear what uh, Jack Smithlin has to say on this subject. Jack, good morning. You're, not, you're on the fan. How are you, Rick? Good job. Um, you know, as you discussed before, you've talked about this topic many, many times, and here's the situation. A lot of people talk about it, you know, every once in a while a case pops up, but every once in a while when a case pops up, it affects hundreds and thousands of athletes. You know, this one swimmer is affecting every single swimmer in, you know, in, in, the, in the female categories, um, you know, in the Ivy League. She's breaking Ivy League records, and, you know, and that's not fair to those wrestlers. Now, what would not be fair to her is to not allow her to swim. So, you know, you talked about the, the topic, and so did, so did Rob Freed, um, about, you know, I don't think an asterisk is, is really, is really the, the way to go. I mm -hmm. think a special category. I think that the way we established our Special Olympics programs, I believe back in the 80s, I don't know if that's the exact date, um, uh, I think there should be um, a special category for, you know, transgender athletes. But here's what I'm curious about. Is the NCAA following the Olympic protocol? Are they following? Are they working with the Olympic committee on this? Because it's going to be a rude awakening to transgender athletes when they break all these records at the NCAA level, and now they come to the Olympics and they're not allowed to swim or compete. You know, in high school and in college, track and field, swimming, cross country, your qualifications for the next level, the next category, be it the states and then the nationals or whatever the case may be, is not on whether you win or lose. It's on your times. Mm -hmm. So are new times going to be established because <laughs> of her record breaking? I, I mean, that's going to be crazy, you know. It, I, I, Jack, I don't know, quite frankly, <laughs> uh, about the uh, the. Uh, the IOC, uh, you know, they have been plagued for, for decades with questions right. about, you know, men and women and, and qualifications and, and their gender and, and so on and so forth. It's extraordinarily complicated. And so I just don't know. And I, I, I don't know if, if this, if Leah Thomas is going to be good enough to even be, be considered uh, to make an Olympic team. But again, it, it, you would think there'd be some sort of uniform uh, consensus here that would uh, comprise not just uh, the NCAA, but also high schools and everything else to get a sense of like, okay, here's here's what we think we should do. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, maybe you just said there should be a unique special category for transgender athletes. You know, one of the things that you that Rob said at the beginning, and this is something I'm going to mention. Yeah. Um, I'm co uh, as we all know, I'm coaching at the college level right now, and I have one of my players who is a unique, beautiful person. This kid is just a great kid, great sense of humor. 
she's in a class right now. I don't know what class it is. I don't know what, you know, what, what the title of the class is. But she's doing a project, and her project is all women must feel comfortable in their bodies. And you know what? I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get into it a little bit with her because I think it's a beautiful topic. I think all people should be comfortable in their bodies. I told you this before. I have a cousin that was a uh, an excellent female goalkeeper up in the Boston area um, on lacrosse, and she was recruited by every school, you know, every Division One school in the area. And she was probably one of the top in the, in the state. And she transitioned, I believe, from her sophomore year to her junior year. And she went out for the boys' lacrosse team. Mm-hmm. And supposedly, she beat out the number one goalkeeper, and she was blackballed. Um, yeah. You know, and, and he was blackballed, okay? He went, she went from female to male. Now, you know, that transition, everybody says, you know, oh, that's a comfortable one because when a female goes to a male she's not as strong she's not as powerful like we've all talked about and you know she's choosing to do that and you know he my my cousin who transitioned from a female to a male did not feel comfortable in her body he was you know a, a male in 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 her idea in her thoughts so she did it and she probably thought, you know, she was going to have a tough time going over to the boys' lacrosse team. And she beat out the number one goalie, and they blackballed them. So, yeah. you know what? It, it's a tough, tough situation. It's a very, very tough topic because you're not going to please everybody. You're not going to please. I have a question. Maybe you know this answer. Is there an asterisk next to Barry Bonds' home runs? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no, there nor, is not. Okay? Nor to, yeah. So, you know, I mean, the asterisk thing, I think, is just, you know, it, it's it's silly. I mean, you know, even they wanted to put one next to Roger Maris's because yeah. he played in, you know, a few extra games. That's ridiculous, you know. But, listen, it's going to be tough to please everybody here, and not everybody's going to be well, pleased. But, you know, talking about one person popping up every once in a while – Every time that one person pops up, it affects thousands of athletes. I so, think that's that's the concern, know, Jack. And I, you know, I, I threw out the and I mentioned, you know, at the start of the show that I'm looking for a solution, and it's going to probably end up being a compromise. And to your point, you're not going to make everybody happy. Now, the asterisk is just something I threw out there as a as a, on a whim. But the the question is always going to come down to if somebody is a transgender athlete and and they become dominant in their new uh, in their new persona in their sport, you know people are going to be aware of this. And I, I don't even know, as I said earlier, that you have to make a make a special uh, case or a special um, exception for them because people are going to be aware of Leah Thomas. I'm not that simple as that. Or they know about Renee Richards or a few others. It, it's it's yeah. It may just stay the way it is. We may see more transgender athletes, but it may not just may just stay the way that it is right now. Simple as that. Jack, thank you. Let me take some more calls. I appreciate your thoughts as always. Uh, let's uh, let's go to uh, Poughkeepsie, where Shirley is standing by. Shirley, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning. Um, I want to just preface it real quickly by saying that I was involved in the women's movement in the early '70s. Okay. Was, you know, and I a big fight for equality in women's sports. Yes. Um, and I also lived in San Francisco most of my life, um, actually a native Californian, and I had a couple friends who were in that period.
period were transgender. Mm-hmm. It was very difficult back in those days. I had one in particular close friend, and she had a lot of... She went from male to female, and she was six feet tall, and she had to constantly take drugs and would still get a beard. And I mean, she had a really hard life. So I'm glad now, at least, that people can transition easier. That said, no way should somebody who's transitioned compete in the sport of the person they, of the sex they went into. That's ridiculous. I mean, like, yeah, this example of the swimmer is a good one. And I think Jack made some excellent points your last caller. My question is this. We're a democracy. As Jack pointed out, you're not going to please everybody. That's part of living in a democracy. Why should everybody else bend over backwards and all this for a few, very few transgender athletes? I mean, why? Why do we have to? I mean, yeah, compete in a separate column or whatever, but why are we even talking about it? I mean, they shouldn't be competing. It's ridiculous. Well, because uh, we, we live in a time, and, and Shirley, thank you for your, your thoughts and, and the history there. We live in a time where we do believe that uh, we live in a democracy, and we do want to have a situation where people uh, are allowed to pursue their dreams uh, and, and, and do so in, in a positive kind of uh, atmosphere. And um, yeah, I mean, the NCAA has already has a rule in the books, been there for at least a decade. And I say, look, if you do this, 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 and this, and you get all the medical clearance and you go through testosterone suppression and you go through your, your, surger, your surgery, yeah, you sit a year doing that, you're allowed to come back and compete. And that's what Leah Thomas did. And <laughs> I mean, that's hard to get around. She's, she's basically followed all the rules. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think we have to sort of, at the end of the day, sort of accept the fact that's, that's how it's going to be. It may change, you know, next year or 10 years from now. It's as simple as that. But right now, this is how it is. And again, I, I threw out some, some suggestions, some compromises, some alternate ways to consider all this. But I think what we're going to do is just keep it the way it is. Uh, because I, I think when we do have a transgender athlete who becomes so dominant in, in their sport, I think the general sporting public are going to be aware uh, that he or she is doing that, and then that, that serves, in effect, as a so-called, quote-unquote, asterisk. It's as simple as that. Is it fair? I don't know. That's for somebody else to consider at, at a higher level. But for right now, this is where we are. It's as simple as that. Okay. My thanks to uh, the great callers this morning. As always, really good insights, really good debate. And, of course, my thanks to, uh, to Ed Arzuman. Uh, I will see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.